Yeah, I I was having too much fun at the hot springs. I was like, I was playing, splashing around a little. It's like it was like all adults there, and I'm like, guys, look, there's balls. <laughs> we left. My Marco, friends are, my friends are like, dude, Hold you on. look like a three year old. What happened to your feet? They're all shredded. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Goddess Hangs. Episode 67. Woo! I'm Sadie. And I'm Juliet. Obviously. obviously. And we created Goddess Hangs podcast to make the world of mindset, manifestation, and magic more relatable and, and fun. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. 67. 67. <gasps> you know we, what they say. We made it. We made it. <laughs> Did you know that's what was coming? Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, what do they say about 67? That we made it. That we made it. You know what they say. 67, the 10 anniversary of of love. (laughs) What was it? I was actually this weekend or like last week I was talking to Craig about, um, do you remember, did you ever go on ebombsworld.com and use the soundboards on there to make prank phone calls? Oh, I'm, you are unlocking a memory. A core memory. What else was on that website? They had weird videos and stuff, I think. We were, me and my friends loved prank calling. We were so, I don't know. I'm, it's just such a strange thing. I don't think we prank call anymore. Um, I think it's possible. It's hard to prank call now because everybody, like the number comes up and if you don't know it, you just don't answer. You don't answer. And I was trying to remember if it was star 67 or star 69, which one was which? I think, I think, st- uh, I am calling you back. This is star 69. That's calling back the person who called you. Okay. And then star 67, like, blocked caller ID? Maybe. I'm just, I just know what I know from the Hillary Duff song. Oh, yeah. Called The Math. One of them, yeah, <laughs> me, uh, helped you call the number back. If you remember what star 67 yeah, is, star 69. Are. Remember when you could call 853 any four numbers and it would say, Good evening. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be da 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 da. No, and I don't remember. Twenty seconds. That one. Beep. Yeah, this you could call for like decades, and this robot would answer and tell you it was eight five three any four numbers, oh. and it would tell you the time. And then finally, a few years ago, they shut it down, and I was actually very sad. Like, let me call one last. Time. As a kid, it was like such an activity. Like, I'm gonna call for the time. Maybe it was just a Pacific time zone thing i don't remember having oh, that for central time pacific daylight time will be yes it was yeah. pacific booze meowing she wants to come in i'm gonna get her okay <laughs> i came a little early today and boo gave me such a big hug come on in are you ready to podcast she's like how dare she's you like, start without I me closed the door because i thought craig might come home but then she gets mad if she can't come in and out as she pleases and we all know boo is the boss so here we are okay. um but did you do prank calls with those soundboards do you remember that maybe like i was around people who did but i typically did it so i craig and i are like eight years apart so there are some like stuff from when we were little like it's not the same right so i was trying to explain to him because he he didn't really remember this as one of his like core middle school <laughs> memories because it was at a different time but um our, they would have soundboards that they would clip 
out of like shows and movies and then you could call somebody and you would press the buttons and it would say funny things so our two favorite ones to use were this jack black one that i'm not going to quote because it was in, extremely inappropriate and then um the buffy one and so you know like they would answer and then you'd be like I don't know, like what I just remember what the Buffy one. One of them said, "I think my foot is broken." <laughs> um, and we did these for years and years. We would use these soundboards, and then after the fact, I watched Buffy all the way through, and I kept being like, "Oh my god, that was one of the soundboard clips." It's it was so funny. I'm curious who else out there was uh, E Bombs World. I do have caller. a memory of being, I think, a sixth grader, and being at a sleepover at like a motel. And my uh-huh. mom did not let me sleep over, and I was so mad at her. And looking back, it's like, I don't think I would let my 11-year-old sleep over at a motel. We had birthday parties like that, like at hotels. Is that what it was? Yeah, but it was definitely a motel. Like, it wasn't, oh, like, mm-hmm. the girls are going to stay over at the Hilton, and the parents will have the room next door. It was like, yeah. the boys had a room, the girls had a room, the parents had a r- It was just too uh, much for an 11-year-old. Yeah. Anyways. My friend at the time found a phone book, this really dates us, and found one of our teacher's numbers in the phone book and called the teacher and started saying all these like nasty things. And I was mortified, (laughs) mortified. And then the the next week at school, that same friend goes, can you believe that Juliet prank called that teacher? And I said, no, I didn't. That was that was you. And she goes, no, you did that. I didn't do that. And it was like the beginning of middle school girl trouble. Wow. <laughs> and I sort of stopped hanging out with that girl after that because I was like, oh, that was not nice. And nice. no, I did not do that. Our brain calling was innocent. We didn't do it and like bully anyone. We just did it and like clicked these soundboards that said really strange things and it would confuse people. <laughs> Or like we were the generation where as middle schoolers, like a three-way call was a new technology. Mm -hmm. And so I would get cornered on three-way calls. Like um, I heard that you said that so-and-so was such and such. And I'd be like, I never said that. And then they'd be like, well, they're on the line right now. Like it was, I would get bamboozled with these. I think, wow. yeah. And I do, I, I really actually enjoyed middle school. It was just a couple isolated incidents where people then sort of like stopped behaving that way. And then we were all friends. But yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have any issues like that. But me and my friends who are still my best friends to this day were mm-hmm. best friends in middle school. We were a tight knit, tight, tight knit group of besties. And so it was kind of like decided that we were like the mean girls even though we weren't mean to anybody we just really like loved each other so much and we we never like excluded people or anything we were we talked mm-hmm. to everybody and whatever but there was like this rumor going around there would be rumors like um like oh because we would have sleepovers every weekend and people kind of knew that but it wasn't like we were trying to be like you can't come to our sleepover like you're not cool enough but there would be rumors like oh my gosh um they're gonna like let somebody new into their group i wonder who it's gonna (laughs) be and like once in a while like other people would come to the sleepovers too but then it would be like this like oh are they are they a part of the group now and we were like what are you guys talking about we just really like each other like (laughs) we were never trying to do that energy and then i remember one was like um I think this must have been the start of eighth grade, so the second year of middle school, and, like, two girls were like, oh, we had to make sure to wear Hollister so that um, they would consider us for their best friend group. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> we didn't give a fuck if you were wearing Hollister or, or Abercrombie or whatever. I, my parents didn't buy me nice clothes like that. So I was like, I'm not even wearing Hollister. On the fr- oh I have like, gosh. I have like one beloved cherished Hollister outfit. Um, so it was just really strange that it was projected on me that like, I was like that, but I was like quiet and shy. And that's probably why, like I, people thought I was a, a mean because I was shy, but I was like, no, no, I'm more afraid of you than you are of me. <laughs> I just remembered like there were a few um, more or less popular girls who were nice and kind and it, you know, it wasn't like a mean girl thing, mm-hmm. but they all like looking back had a very similar archetype okay Mm. so it was what was very popular when i was in seventh grade and i imagine maybe when you were two every girl wore a wife beater tank top oh oh no okay do you know what that that is yeah now we have to call them white tank tops oh i'm sorry (laughs) i'm old i'm sorry no we did call them wife beaters back in the day but it's an awful and we thought it was so funny like oh yeah like i just want to wear like a wife beater and jeans and now i'm like how why no we did did that roll off my tongue so easily um the jeans would be low low rise jeans so you'd show your stomach well you'd show yeah you'd show your stomach the jeans would be low you would have like a fun colored bra strap that would be on the outside of the white tank top yeah and it would be really low cut yeah and you had to have uh big uh what do we say what does victor call them yabos We took that from, uh, what movie did we watch over hell? I'm asking as if you know the answer to any of these questions. I don't know. I also remember um, we were always wearing like belts over our shirts. Uh-huh. What a weird thing. Mm-hmm. The Pants hair was under our dresses. super straightened. Yeah, like straightened bangs, but then your hair could be wavy. <laughs> but the bangs and like... Yeah. If you wore it in a ponytail, you had these like really long straight pieces like matted down. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All of our thirty our late twenties and early thirties girls are like nodding their heads. Did like, the girls yes. put safety pins as earrings? Oh, I don't think that happened in my school, no. Okay. We had like this West Coast I'm twelve, but I'm bad. Yeah. Like that but like I'm also in honors English. Like it was a very strange <laughs> time. Yeah, I'm like I in middle school in middle school I all I wanted was because the cool thing was to like wear Hollister and Abercrombie and that's mm-hmm. all I want. I was I would always like beg my parents and uh, you know, I got like one thing. They were like, "No way, it's so expensive." And then in high school, I ditched the Hollister love of Hollister and I was like I'm a emo scene girl, and I was like, "Were you a hot like topic a, girl, a punk rocker?" Yeah, totally. <gasps> Which topic. I still have a little bit of that flair to this day. You do, yeah, you do. Like you look at me, and you're like, "For sure, she thought she was emo at some point in her life." <laughs> I where would I shop? I mean, I loved Wet Seal, and then that went out mm, of business. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I did, a, you know what I did in high school? It was like, then um, it was the American apparel and thrift sh- thrift shopping. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was like, oh, cool dress. Where'd you get it? Oh, I thrifted it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the thing. I would walk around high school barefoot in a thrift store dress. That was me in high school. And barefoot. I would. Oh, I hate being barefoot. 
Oh, I love it. Gives me nightmares. I love well, it. Well, I, I like being barefoot now, but in like a school, I would absolutely throw up. <laughs> One time I was cleaning out my notebook and I had like all these like lyrics and poetry. I don't know why all my like gross memories are coming back. And I threw them in the trash. And then this guy in the class dug through the trash and started reading my stuff out loud. And I was so mortified. Juliet, you got to throw away more responsibly than that. I know. And I said, well, I'll never do that again. So now even at my house, I like shred things up. Oh, the other. Well, we'll move on from middle school memories shortly. But my other memory (laughs) we always did was we would have notebooks. Wait, was it a slam book? What's a slam book? Okay, wait, keep going. No, I don't think so. It, for notes. So instead of always passing, like we would pass notes and you know, you'd fold them up in that like triangle thing. Do you remember that? Did you do that? I mean, I didn't do it, but my friends. So we would pass it. notes, but for our best friends, instead of having all these loose notes all the time, like me and Haley had a notebook and me and Natalie had a notebook and, and me and Juliana had a notebook mm-hmm. and we would like decorate it all cute. And then like we knew each other's locker combinations. Yes. So we would like write a note and then stick it in each other's locker or like pass it in the hallway. And it was like our note, our notes notebook. And we had one with like each friend. It was physical eye messaging. Totally. That was, yeah. I had one with Carly and what they were called were slam books. Although oh. nobody actually was using them to like slam people. Mm-hmm. It was just called, and then and then I think it was, I don't know if she called this or then it was called an X book. I have no idea, but it was always a slam book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we would write each other notes and stick them in the lockers. We'd like doodle on them and make them, yeah, like all cute mm-hmm. and. I wish I still, I bet, you know, we only have like, I bet some of our friends have some of those notebooks. I know. I think Carly has I think has I have some at home. I definitely have my mom, like, this actually probably would have been only like a year before she passed, but she like went through my closet to clean it out and organize it. And she found all my like journals and notes. And she was like, I didn't know you were having such a hard time when you were little. Because <laughs> I was like so dramatic and like. Oh, I mean, I was having a hard time when I was little, but um, it was just funny. I was like, I, like I was, you know, what, 24 and I was mortified that she read what I was feeling when I was 12 and it didn't matter anymore. But I was just like, mom, how could you do that? How could you read those? That was private. <laughs> I don't know what happens at 12. So dramatic. Where all of a sudden. <gasps> Mr. Oh, joining us too. Where all of a sudden, I mean, I know what happens. Your hormones, your yeah. hormones do a backflip, but. I remember at 12, I was the saddest little human. Mm-hmm. I wrote the saddest poems. My, I mean, just, I would. I thought I was gonna die when I was 16. So all of my, I think I shared this, like so many of my things I, w- I would write on the back of them. Like, if I die, give this to this friend. If I die, give this to this friend. Like, I just was like, I'm not even meant to be here. Like, just oh sad. Um, and then after like 14, it sort of leveled out. Yeah sort of i don't know yeah my whole high school i kind of i mean this sounds awful but didn't want to be around i was having such a hard time you know but Mm -hmm. i um it's funny because when i was home last time i found like because i would write stories not poems so much but i would write i loved reading so i was always writing i wanted to be an author i will be an author you are an author i I am an author um but I found one and I was my brother Luke was like hanging out with me as I was going through my stuff and so he was looking at it and he was like oh my god because I was like it was like so dramatic but I was like I mean I think I was kind of thinking of some different movies I liked but I was like my uh, I went to my um, 
a ballet audition. Which movie is this? And and my my dad got in a car crash. <laughs> I did not make him die in the story, but it was like it was dramatic. <laughs> I was like, I was like twelve when I wrote this. I was like, my dad. I was at my audition, and I my dad got in a car crash, and I had to rush to the hospital, and and all this stuff. And then and then I thought I wouldn't get in, but um, to the New York City Ballet. But they they were they they wanted me to be the principal or something like so like funny like. <laughs> I'm only 12. I can't live up to this pressure. (laughs) (laughs) My brother was like, dude, what the fuck? What if dad got in a car crash after you wrote that? That would have been fucked up. And I was like, I don't know, man. The drama. I had with my best friend, Sydney, growing up, and we're still very, very close. Um, We would when email was new, mm-hmm. we would email each other these like stories back and forth. We like for like three years, like oh, wrote wow. these stories back and forth. And it was like these two stepsisters whose whose parents got married. And then they, you know, it started off really cute in, in like fourth or fifth grade. Like, oh, we had dogs and this is what our rooms looked like. And it was just like this fun little fantasy world. And then as time went on, it was like, then my boyfriend died. It was just like oh all these God. horrible so I think we're coming out of childhood and we're realizing that bad things happen and we're just we're like trying to that. process and understand it. Yeah. That has to be what it is because <laughs> and I remember I sent, I think the last email I ever sent to Sydney and I wonder if she would remember this was like yeah like and then I, I ran to him and his lifeless body and then the email stopped coming. I think she was done with the game after She's that. like Juliet got one, took it too far. She's like I'm gonna go to soccer practice what fucked up things did you do when you were little yeah when you were 12 let us know comment tw- below was 12 also a <laughs> two-year-long dark night of the soul for you or what <laughs> had a six-year-long dark night of the soul middle school and high school i know i mine went up and down i drove past my yeah. high school the other day and i told victor i said the best way i can describe it is like how i imagine and again this might sound naive but how i imagine somebody who was in jail once looks at that jail and is like (laughs) i spent four years there like that's sort of how i feel about it um yeah it was just a crazy time hello mister i did not like school um yeah being young is so crazy so moving back more to the present day Tell me what's new with you. I know you just took a magical trip. I did. I had to make a couple notes so I didn't forget anything because we did so much stuff. So I just got back from New Mexico. Um, it was a ma- it was amazing. It was magical. It was a magical. Um, <laughs> so I flew into Albuquerque, which from LA is like less than two hours. Just the easiest little flight over there. A jaunt. A, a jaunt over there. Um, so the first, let's see, I was there like four nights so the first three nights we stayed about an hour outside of albuquerque in this area called jemez springs and there's hot springs there Mm -hmm. it is in the middle of bum fuck nowhere it is desert um we had the coolest airbnb it was huge it had the most magical view um and this area it's so cool it's so they have hot springs and it's a tourist destination because of the hot springs but also because it is a um dark sky destination meaning there's like such little light pollution that it is exceptionally dark there at night and um 
I wish we would have had like a fire pit or something because it was really cold at night. So we didn't spend a ton of time mm-hmm. outside. Um, but the stars were absolutely beautiful. Daytime, this, the scenery around us, mountainous, desert, absolutely beautiful. Um, we went and sat in the hot springs there, which um, I like scraped up my feet and knees. You know, when you were a kid and you'd play at the pool yes. and like your feet would just be shredded. My, that would happen to my sister, yeah. Yeah, I, I was having too much fun at the hot springs. I was like, I was playing, splashing around a little bit. <laughs> so like, it was like all adults there. And I'm like, guys, look, there's balls. <laughs> we left. My Marco! Friends were, my friends are like, dude, Hello. you look like a three-year-old. What happened to your feet? They're all shredded. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun at the hot springs. Okay. And they're, they're like mineral rich. So they're like really good for you. Um, and, uh, so, okay, so we are in New Mexico. New Mexico is known. One has Roswell, which was about three hours away from where we were, so I did not go to Roswell. But New Aliens. Mexico in general, known for UFO sightings. So naturally, I'm there. I'm trying to see a UFO. Um, so every night, like, I would, like, try and sort of set the intention, like, I'm open to seeing you, all that stuff. And, like, the... Um, the documentary Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, like how they explain how to contact extraterrestrials. So I'm trying that. Um, we didn't see anything. However, uh, one night I had a very bizarre experience when I was sleeping or oh. like rather not sleeping. Okay. Um, so I, I've explained in the past how I've had sleep paralysis before and like night terrors, you know? Mm-hmm. explain that right so when sleep paralysis happens it's like your your brain is sort of stuck dreaming um but like your eyes open up and you're like aware but i haven't had sleep paralysis since my early to mid 20s i'm 30 now 30 and a half Same. um i know right weird because it's the full moon in virgo which means it's been six months since the new moon in virgo anyways so i so I had this experience and I, and I, you know, I can't say, oh, it was definitely because I was calling in UFOs, but it was bizarre because I haven't had sleep paralysis in so long and it stopped. Uh, like, okay, I'll explain. So I was falling asleep. I was thinking about how, gosh, I really want to see a UFO while I'm here. It was the first night we were there and, or yeah, it was the first night we were there. We had been driving around at night a little bit, so I was sort of like speaking it out loud while we were driving and calling it in. And so I'm in bed and I'm, or no, I kind of, I was sleeping for a while and I woke up and um, I was kind of like restless that night. So this is a moment that I woke up in the middle of the night and I was seeing in my mind's eye um, like a aircraft, like circular, classic, and it was like striped like, dark and light metal and it was coming down over like the mountainous scenery that was outside Mm -hmm. and but I was like I was awake but I was seeing this and then it I it was like my body not that I was in the aircraft but I started moving really fast down the hillside like the imagery was going really fast and it was making me sort of motion sick and I felt like I was being shown something and I in my brain I said I said this is too much I need it to stop and instantly I it stopped and I like came to it was really weird whoa 
So I don't know if that was an experience, but it was very strange because I was having sleep paralysis while it was happening. Like as soon as I saw the image start coming down of the the ship or whatever, um, I, I was like awake and aware, but I could not move. And then I felt like I was traveling so fast, but I couldn't get my body to move. And then I said, this is too much. I need it to stop. And then it stopped. It was really bizarre. So I don't know. Ooh, when in New Mexico. Know, right? So maybe that ETs were trying to connect with me. I'm sure they were. Um, but I did not see one actually at night or during the day. But that's okay. I'll be back. Um, so another cool thing we did was the Meow Wolf art exhibit. So they have one in Santa Fe. That's where we went. They have one in Vegas. And I think like one or two other cities. If you ever get a chance to go to a Meow Wolf, go. It is incredible. So... Um, it's this interactive art exhibit. Uh, over 200 artists worked on this thing. And it's like kind of like a maze. Like there's these different rooms and you go in and out of it. And you're climbing up and down and opening things and, and oh, pressing buttons fun. and turning nozzles and things happen. So the Meow Wolf Santa Fe, you walk in and it's like a normal house. It's like sort of antique, like it's an old style house. Um, so you walk into the house and you start exploring, opening things. And um, then you find these like portals that look like you open the refrigerator door. It's a door. You walk mm. through it and you come out into this like magical, mystical, weird room. Um, and so you're going in and out of these doors that you find. You you come out of a magical room and boom, you just came out of a fireplace and you're back in the normal house. It was so fucking cool um and we it was just funny because we we took some we ate some um thc gummies beforehand <laughs> and i was laughing because we were in line and we ate them or we ate them at, like when we were leaving like the restaurant because we were like oh you know they take a while to kick in we want to know how how it's gonna feel whatever and then we're in line and we have a little bit of gummy left so we decided to like eat a little bit more and I just have to say, for those of you that eat edibles, please confirm this for me. I feel like never in the history of deciding that I should eat a little bit more has that been the right choice. <laughs> I feel like every time you think I should eat a little bit more, it's too much. You should have just let it be because we, <laughs> we went in and it was like perfect for a while. And I was like, just in bliss. I was like, I, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. It was magical. And then there came a point where I became too high. And I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, completely overstimulated. <laughs> there was one... When you went to the bathroom of the, the house, quote-unquote house, it had a black and white small tile floor. But then part of the floor was, like, up and, like, in waves. And so it was not only checkered, but there it was like this distorted floor. Okay. And I was looking at it and I was like, I'm gonna barf. Like it felt like it was moving. <laughs> and I was like, I'm too high for this room. I have to go. And we went and found like a more like quiet, serene room. Um, and it was totally fine, but it was just funny because I was like, dude, every time I think I should eat a little bit more, it's never once been the correct decision. Um, but it was totally fine. It was so fun. It was so cool. I since we go to Vegas quite a bit, I'm definitely going to go to the Vegas one. And mm -hmm. I, I'm going to get high again, but I'm going to measure, measure better. You need me to be the fairy on your shoulder that's like, you've had enough. I've had enough. It was so <laughs> funny. We were all just so no. high. And 
just crying, laughing at stuff. Um, like there was this one like that felt like you were in a spaceship. It was like the circular thing and it was really low and all these flashing lights and Haley starts singing the um the, the song from Xenon the sequel, like zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like a video and we're all just crying, laughing, and she's trying to sing it and she keeps starting over and it's like so not funny, but I remember like people walking past us and they're just they just know that we're high out of our minds and then another moment they had this like vintage camper that you could go in and sit in so we were just sitting at the table talking and just sort of trying to like come down a little bit and we were saying like this was like shortly before we left and we're like oh I was like I'm still pretty high and Haley was like oh I'm feeling good now whatever And, and we hear this little boy go mom they said they're high and she goes honey everyone's high here (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah and it was it was true i remember one room um the lights would change and then the artwork would all change because it was like painted with different color contrasts and i went whoa and then another guy started laughing he was like i know right (laughs) everyone was in it together it was so fun um and then the other big crazy thing I did was, and I didn't know that I was going to do this. Hmm. So the reason we were in Albuquerque and Santa Fe in New Mexico is because it's the hot air balloon capital of the U.S. And my best friend Haley is so weird and she's getting her hot air balloon pilot license. So she's there for a whole month doing that. And, and me and my friend Huli um, decided to go for a long weekend to visit her. And, you know, I thought, well, it's probably pretty strict. You know, I'm, I doubt we're going to go up in a hot air balloon with her. There's probably rules and stuff. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. So casual. <laughs> Didn't have to sign anything. Didn't. Just her instructor was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring the big basket on Sunday. Bring the girls. So we went. We went on a hot air balloon. It was so cool. It was so crazy. Haley was so cute. She was just running around. She knew how to set it up. She knew how to do everything. And then um, it was competition day. Oh. I did not know there was such a thing as a hot air balloon competition. But this one was a target competition. So this was exceptionally cool because one there was tons of hot air balloons around us that came for competition day and two because we had an intention we had something we were trying to do when we were up there right Mm -hmm. so um basically they set this target in this big field this big x and you have to drive at least a mile away from it um you can choose wherever but it has to be a mile radius and then you're trying to get your balloon over that target and you drop something and whoever gets it closest you get like placed and the thing with hot air balloons i learned so much but you can't steer them right they're just floating Mm. you're just blowing hot air into them and they're floating so how you steer them um, and how you try and reach a target is at different altitudes the wind is blowing different directions so all of these people and it was so interesting to listen in they're just experts at like reading the weather and knowing and, and like they would send these um just like regular balloons filled with helium like up into the air to like watch which directions they went at different heights wow and then they would like remember that um so we we did it and Haley drove i don't know piloted that's the word piloted this thing the whole time her instructor was with us who was this th- super cute little 80 year old 80 something year old man uh al shout out al um 
and he gave her some like verbal instruction but she did the whole thing so me Huli, al and Haley are in this huge ass hot air balloon um the basket i'm tall so the basket only goes up to like below my hips just below my hips oh so it was kind of freaky because most of my body was above the basket like it was oh. not tall um and it was so funny because I, I i didn't get too scared i was a little worried but i i wasn't too scared just a little like how to sort of find my bearings once we got up high. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Julia are still kind of scared and we're like kind of grasping on tightly at first. And Al just claps us both on the back so hard and is like, whoa, what do you think, girls? And we both were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. Um, but then I kind of got my bearings and, and I felt fine. Uh, but you just float up so gently. And you just flow with the wind. Um, so we went up high for a while to go one direction. And then we went really low and we're barely above the ground to like get to another direction. And out of like 50 balloons, only three or four made it over the target. And we were one of them. Oh. And it was all Haley. She was reading the wind and she was getting us there. It was cool. Oh, my god! It was really fun. Um, so, yeah, we did the hot air balloon. Um, and then... I, I just loved it there. The moment I landed, I knew I was going to love it there. I could feel the energy. Mm. And um, so now the three of us are talking about we want to buy a house in, like, Santa Fe t- together and do, like, Airbnb and then get to go there all the time. Because, like, for L.A., for us, it's the quickest travel weekend because you don't waste a whole day traveling. Like, it's so easy to get over there. The flight was inexpensive. So I was like, fuck yeah, if you guys want to buy a house here, I'm in. Oh, I love that. Um, Because the views are beautiful. There's really yummy food. It's just really cute. And I just loved it. So we're manifesting an investment property in Santa Fe. You'll have it. Yeah, so I'm excited. I always wondered in a hot air balloon, so do you feel that dropping feeling as it goes down so because i don't mind being high up mm -hmm. it's the like ooh. so one part we came down kind of fast but everything's pretty slow like when we started going up i didn't even realize we were going up at first it was Mm. so gentle and then um so she so the way she's piloting is she's intermittently blowing hot air into the balloon um, that makes you go higher, and then she she can vent the balloon, so she can pull a vent open and let some of the hot air out, and that's how you go down. What an invention! Yeah, so she can let out a little bit of air at a time, so we slowly go down. Mm. So it's just sort of the skill of your pilot. One time we came down a little hot one time, and we kind of like bumped and went back up, but it, we were already so low when we started kind of dropping down. It wasn't scary. Oh, okay, it was just a little like oh. Um, but yeah, it was it was delightful. And, you know, normally if you go to Albuquerque and do this, you know, you're on a hot air balloon with like 20 people. It's like a tourist thing. Right. And um, you pay like two hundred dollars a person or something. And we got to go for free. And there was four of us. We had like a private. Uh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and our best friend was violating. It was the coolest experience. Um, and it's just so cool. Haley is just such a natural manifester. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet stayed with her in her new beautiful Brooklyn apartment. She's super successful, and then she has these sort of bizarre dreams, and she does them, and it's just the perfect example of like, 
I mean, yeah, if you want to be a hot air balloon pilot, great. You can put it on your vision board and you can dream about it. Or you can go sign up for the pilot license and go learn and take the test and make that shit happen. Like, she just is brilliant at being like, nothing's too big to sort of take on. It's just like, I yeah, just it. go do it. She's just like, yeah, just go do it. Uh, so she's so inspiring. I'm so proud of her. So it was a really fun weekend. She's still there. She's still working on her pilot license. Um yeah so you were visited by ufos mm -hmm. maybe you yeah. were up in the sky yep and you were high as a kite i was high as a kite <laughs> i was high as a kite and i was high as a kite two times one literally and one in my mind yeah what a perfect weekend it was so fun did i write anything else now no alien dream dark sky meow wolf hot air balloon <laughs> there you go nailed it what's new with you oh nothing no um <laughs> <laughs> moving on well, I have Boo in my lap like a little baby. She's been extra sweet today. She's got she's been giving me like hugs and cuddles. She's very sweet. So that's been new and nice. Um let me think. So I think a few episodes back I talked about like I wanna be in a nickelback cover band. Right. That didn't happen. <laughs> but I do I have had this intention of like wanting to make music with other people because I just did me by myself on stage for mm -hmm. so long and it's it's lonely yeah so my friend Evan and I um, started working on some folky stuff so I'm ideally hopefully certainly going to put some music out this year That's I'm very happy about that I have it's, it's very, ugh, for me with songwriting it's like they the songs come in like these big waves and then it's quiet for a mm. very long time and it's been very quiet for a long time because um, I think more, more of my energy has been on like helping us get built up mm -hmm. but um, I just had like these I had to do this big release because I was having mm. a lot of anxiety about stuff you just had to chill mm-hmm and the muse came back mm. she returned and she has all sorts of very very pretty folk songs the muse the muse what's a muse well how's josh safety's muse and uncut jobs my favorite thing of the internet in the past month <laughs> that was really remarkable <laughs> uncut jobs <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I know now. Now the like actual muses are like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be a muse. I said, babe, am I a muse? Am I your muse? He said, I don't know what that means. And I said, like, like Josh Shafty's muse and Uncut Jobs. <laughs> He doesn't get it. He doesn't have the same algorithm as me. He was like, I, what? I wrote a song once called The Muse, and the hook was like, I don't want to be the muse anymore because I, like, it can be fun, but then yeah. somebody's just sort of into you for the creative outlet. Right. And then when you're no longer being, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Right. And, like, you know, have a flat tire or a bad day, it, it doesn't serve them. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a muse. I think I want to be the creative force, probably. I mm -hmm. think my muse is... What's my muse? You. Me. I'm my own muse. <laughs> You're both. We're both. I think so. So, yeah, I've been writing more music, recording and singing more, and um, finished up The Bachelor. That's exciting. 
honestly, I'm. It's exciting that it's over. I'll Not tell a great you what. Season. No, seemed like the next round's gonna be great with the girl with the female mm-hmm. girls. Why did I say it like that? The female girls <laughs> with the women. <laughs> the female girl women. <laughs> and I just sort of had. Oh, this is a cute story. So Victor's family, his grandparents on Sunday was the 50th anniversary since they moved here from Cuba. Oh, wow. And there was a big to-do, a big little party. A big little party. And I was ready to leave. It had been like a few hours and I was just getting a little sleepy. And we were going to leave. And then I heard, Juliet, all the ladies are playing bingo. Would you like to play? (laughs) Sadie's up in a hot air balloon. I'm like, I played bingo. (laughs) With Victor's grandma, I won the most money. Wow. Mama Mia was not happy. She wanted to win the most money. Um, but they play with these like bingo cards from the 1960s and a bag of beans. You put like a bean on each space. and Love that. Oh, it was just so fun. It was just so special because I, um, I used to be really close with my two of my grandparents who aren't here anymore and so it's just yeah. nice to have that and, and have like a bingo memory yeah so i played bingo and i'm a couple days oh by the time this is out uh creatrix u will be mm-hmm. open and it's um basically a very special membership academy where i feel like i'm high right now can i be honest i'm having a hard time saying words <laughs> like really hard i projected my saturday night high on you honestly you did oh she's touching my heart she says it's okay you're fine Hi, Julia. i'm here for you thank you sister so basically and we're going to talk about the power of deciding and committing mm-hmm. and all of that it took me a very long time to fully, fully step into the energy of I'm a full-time creative, I'm a full-time artist. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I always heard things like, just keep at it. And it was well-meaning advice, but it wasn't really helpful. And I know so many artists who, when they ask their inspirations, like, what should I be doing? And they hear, just keep at it. Like, it it's frustrating. Like mm-hmm. they want something more. We want something more. I always crave something more. So I'm creating this academy where I can share how to transform your art into money, how to network like a pro, how to unlock your inspiration, your creativity, like mind sh- mindset shifts, things that can truly help you become and step into the full-time creative, full-time artist lifestyle I just needed it so badly and I'm so excited to create it and share it. And it's gonna be a live monthly call and access to my VIP vault where you can rewatch tons of videos, get all the ongoing support and education you need. It's like a little mindset potion for artists. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about that and to report how that goes because I think it's gonna be great. Mm -hmm. And I, I get like, I have this like push behind me of like, do it do it so that's new and we're just daydreaming about some international getaways yes well something exciting that happened last week was that we sold out our retreat oh my gosh there will be 18 of us total in a cabin 
So we are hosting a retreat in Door County, Wisconsin in June. And if you're like, what the heck? I didn't know that. Well, that's because it's open to our Patreon members only. We have such a tight-knit sense of community there. We really wanted to um, have this be sort of a exclusive offer to the people that we, we know and love, um, even though we love all of you. Mm-hmm. And so now Juliet and I are exploring some even bigger international style trips um, for the next retreat. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I want to travel with Sadie and Juliet, especially internationally, and you're not in the Patreon, you got to join the Patreon because for the time being, um, we'll be opening up to Patreon only and then maybe we'll do like applications for uh, opening up outside of that. But we really just want to know you and have a sense of uh, a relationship and a connection and and have a sense of community because the the woman joining us in um june like we all talk every day and we all really know each other and that's what's really exciting and 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 the energy that we're bringing in it's like reuniting with old friends even though Mm -hmm. we're going to be meeting you for the first time so i think for the foreseeable future our retreats will be um offered to our patreon our discord community because it's just really fun to talk about it together and make plans together and and just know each other on a day-to-day basis so if you're like oh my gosh that sounds like a dream pop into that patreon um, because we will be hosting many many trips moving forward we're really excited yeah that's a huge piece of like the next phase of goddess mm-hmm. hangs and what we're gonna do we're daydreaming about thailand about bali about greece about italy there's so many places we're daydreaming about we're definitely going to take a vote in the mm-hmm. discord which will be really fun to see what people are excited about i'm excited about all of them um so i guess that's our ad break for patreon today <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to also because typically you can sign up for a group trip and you have no idea who you're going to meet and it's a little nerve-wracking and we we all feel like we know each other very very well and so there's like this level of comfort and familiarity with it being patreon exclusive and it's just so fun and we're already chatting about like what are we gonna wear and mm-hmm. which floats should we buy for the lake oh and, and we booked something extremely exciting so we have a tattoo artist accompanying us on this trip so included in this retreat which is sold out sorry to tell you but we're going to be getting tattoos for whoever wants them. It's not, we're going to make you get a tattoo to remember us forever. I might be on the hand-holding Yeah, Juliet's still debating. Participation I obviously right. want... Sadie wants 12. 12. Um, but we're really excited. <laughs> Shout out to um, Carly from, was is it Rosemary? Rosemary Inc. Rosemary Inc. Oh, I don't know what the, the handle? new handle is. We'll, we'll put the handle in the show notes, but I believe it's at rosemary.inc or at rosemaryinc. Um, she does incredible hand poke tattooing, and she will be joining us and offering our retreat attendees tattoos. Um, we have a fun little flash sheet that she came up for us that has some sort of like inside joke inspired um designs on it some angel numbers um but it's gonna be really cool i'm really excited i know i can't wait to see what everybody gets i'm just 
the whole thing sounds like such a dream and it's going to feel like a dream the mm-hmm. whole time we're there. I think we're all just going to like burst into tears at separate moments. I think so. Um, and then also at the same moments, <laughs> it's going to be... I'm going to be crying the whole weekend. It's going to be so special. And if you are feeling like, oh no, I'm too late. I, I'm, you know, the Patreon sounds like it's already established. We welcome you and i say we because all 70 plus of us welcome you in like we've been waiting for you this whole time Mm -hmm. you are not behind you are not too late this is not a click this is the most welcoming Mm -hmm. wonderful community of goddesses and witches and we have people joining every single month and it's pretty incredible how they just dive right in and it's like they've been there the whole time. I couldn't, mm-hmm. other than maybe like the first, the people that very first joined because it was such a like, yeah. holy shit, that many people joined immediately. I could, I can kind of remember that, but there's 70 of them and I, I couldn't tell you who joined yesterday and who joined a month ago because everyone's just so like immediately intertwined, like mm-hmm. so a part of the group. It's, it's, actually like mind-blowing how seamlessly a new member is just like one of us it's i know like i wouldn't believe it um it's it's just yeah the most welcoming loving try it out and you'll see yeah (laughs) that's what i can say try it out and you'll see you'll see it's amazing somebody will join on a tuesday and by thursday they've contributed in every chat and people Mm -hmm. are interacting with them and i mean it is well and some of our retreat attendees i think joined like a and like one week later decided to come on the retreat Mm -hmm. because they already felt that bonded They're like, oh, wait, I have to with come. The, with the other people in our in our group. So it's pretty incredible how fast they're literally your best friends. So shout out to all of our lovely BFFs in the Patreon. We love you. Um, and Activate Your Magic, my nine-week Ooh. program, is launching right now. Let's see. It is Monday when this is coming out. So it is open to the public on Friday. Um, I will be sending out an email and I'll be posting on my Instagram uh, I'm so excited to see like what this group of women who who they're gonna be and who I'm gonna get to um, get to know and and become close with and 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 help support as they trans- transform their own lives. I'm not doing it. I'm like I'm like the magician that hands you all of the tools and then you learn how to. You're like my apprentice, <laughs> and then you learn how to be the magician of your life. It's it's so cool. And if you want to learn more, go to my Instagram. I have um, IG live replays from some of the past uh, the alumni um, that are telling more about their story. It's it's pretty incredible and pretty cool. And I when I'm talking to them, I'm like wow i'm the one that inspired this it's like it's a little unbelievable at times i know i do it (laughs) i know i'm good at it but it's just really incredible to see and then the incredible ripple effect that that has because then these witches are going out and and starting businesses and Mm -hmm. showing up in new ways in their relationships and and the positive impact just ripples out and ripples out and ripples out and it's so inspiring and so i can't wait to see some of you inside of activate your magic and my dms are open my email is open if you have questions about if this is right for you um you don't have to be a witch you don't have to want to start a business. It's really about getting clarity about what you want in life and learning how to use the tools to design your life the way you want it. People rave about this program. They do. And you get to have all these live, beautiful yep. activation calls with Sadie mm-hmm. and with maybe some other 
special guests. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, I mean, when I'm in the Discord, I just see people saying over and over, like, oh my God, after I took Activate Your Magic, after this, I'm like, it's very, very cool to see. It's very, very cool to see. So definitely, definitely DM Sadie if you're interested yes. in that. And speaking of investing in Activate Your Magic or in create what is it creatrix you i was like creative creatrix you that's a decision and that could be a very powerful life-changing decision and we wanted to talk about the power of decision and the power of commitment today which is inspired by um, our quantum goddess program we talked about it last week together and i was just reflecting on how the teeniest tiniest decisions Like in the program I had everyone reflect on, I'm like, think of like an important person or an important thing in your life Mm -hmm. and, and, and follow the web back of like all the decisions that got you to where you are now. And I was thinking about like a a sort of a straightforward example of like the dating apps these days. Okay. And making a decision, sort of a, you know, you're looking at the person and maybe reading three sentences from them. And deciding, I don't know which way is which, but deciding to swipe yes on them. Okay. And how many marriages and families and new little souls come into this world because you made that teeny decision based on very little information. So think about the decisions in your life and what that has led to now. And then think about the power of the decisions you're making in every single day. Because if you think about it, like all of life is just decisions. Like you Mm -hmm. wake up and you're like, I'm deciding to stay in bed longer or I'm deciding to get up right now. I'm deciding to hit snooze again or I'm deciding to start my day. Like you're deciding what to eat. You're deciding um, where to work. You're deciding, you know, like all of these things all day long. It's just decision after decision after decision. Mm Mm-hmm. And and you think about the butterfly effect and like what those tiny things can do. And I was reflecting on like all of the like small decisions that led to me like working at the shop and meeting you. And then after I left the shop, like small decisions that led me to be like us both to decide to like keep hanging out and then me decide to pitch you this crazy idea (laughs) and then you deciding to go along with it Mm -hmm. and like all of these small decisions um we talked about before like you decided to watch a certain show which you saw a certain thing which made you reach out to that thing and then we got gigs off of that like that was a teeny decision to like watch something at a certain time Mm -hmm. that led to life-changing things happening so i'm curious like what are some small decisions that you can think of that led to like big things some small decisions I mean, okay, here's one. I trace back to music. So I used to play shows um, with this guy named Justin, and he would put out his own recordings, and they were good. But then one day he put out a recording that was amazing. Mm. And I said, who do you work with? I need that person's number. And then I emailed that person. And then, you know, over the next X amount of years, my friend Sean and I did, you know, five different projects together. Mm-hmm. And then we worked with all these other artists and we we did this and we traveled to Nashville. Like just all these things came from, hey, can I can you please tell me who the heck did that? Because mm-hmm. this is great and I need to know this person. Um, even applying to work at the shop right with zero sales experience 
Yeah. And I sort of crafted whatever I had done to be like, oh, I guess when I worked front of house, I did sell some merchandise. Like it wasn't really. Yeah. But I was hired and then in came Sadie and all these things like it's always. And for me, also, a lot of DMs and a lot of emails, mm-hmm. a lot of just deciding, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this person. The mm-hmm. worst thing that's going to happen is they don't respond or they say no thank you. Right. And I've gotten so much work and so much opportunity in that way. I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any other specific little things, but I think... <clears throat> What's coming forward that I feel is important to share is so many of us feel very paralyzed in the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. We're very afraid of making a wrong decision. And I was like that for quite a long time. Um, Even just at like a subway, like what what kind of sandwich do you want? It would just overwhelm me. Um, And I remember I heard something that said, the most successful people in the world mm-hmm. are very decisive. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that moment, choosing, deciding that I was going to be a decisive person because it was very not in my nature. Mm-hmm. I was very like, you know, worried and what if this, what if that. And once I decided to be a decisive person and once I realized that, you know, nothing's gonna go terribly wrong. right? whether I choose the spinach wrap or the tuna sandwich. Mm -hmm. Nothing's gonna go wrong if I work at this store over this store. I love the belief that, and this doesn't mean I don't take accountability for mistakes or actions, but I always make the right decision. Right, like affirming that for yourself, Mm -hmm. whatever. That's why I say like, a lot of times like, when someone comes to us for like a reading, I'm sure you get this all the time too. It's like, should I do this or that? And it's like, it's not about one of those paths being the right decision or the right or the better path. It's about you deciding what's the right path. Yeah. Knowing that either way you're right and then Mm -hmm. making the most of it and being committed to that path, which is where the power of commitment comes in too, because like you could have decided to, I'm a decisive person now, but then if you would have not committed to that, not much would have changed. So there's like right. this like deciding and then and then honoring that decision. And that's not to say don't change your mind. Of course, we might make a decision, pursue something. It's not for us. Mm-hmm. So we try the next thing. But it's like being committed to seeing that path out to the extent where you feel like you you know. Otherwise, you sit there and you always wonder. Well, there's a very different energy, and I know we've talked about this, between deciding and wishing. Right. Very different energy. Um, the, I don't know what I was listening to, but I fell asleep to it, and it was basically saying that when we are wishing and wanting and hoping, the universe doesn't even get off its butt. The universe mm-hmm. is like, okay, keep thinking about it. But the second we truly decide and are willing to become a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in this new realm because we've pushed against our edges in some way. That's when the universe can really step up and do something. Mm -hmm. I mean, little decisions like after years of saying I would never ever do this, in December I decided to join a gym and I felt so weird the first few times I went. (laughs) I was like, who am, what am I doing here? And I said, no, I decided that this is the year that I'm gonna. And you committed to it. Mm -hmm. And I committed and I signed up and I pay every month and I go at least twice a week. 
And it's March and you're still going. And I'm still going. And now <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I am the type of person who. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, too, to make it part of your identity. Like, whatever it is you want to mm-hmm. have, change it at the identity level. So I'm, I am this or I am the type of person who yeah. this I even like if you're having a t- hard time getting there, my favorite way to sort of fluff an affirmation to say I'm willing to believe. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to believe that I'm a gym person. I'm willing to believe that I'm rich. I'm willing to believe that uh, I get to work for myself and travel around the world. Maybe that feels too too far past what's um, c- conceivable for you right now. But if you're willing to believe it, you're going to, to inch closer to the I am statement. I wrote um, an Instagram caption today and it was talking about deciding mm-hmm. and how I sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to decide. Oh, yeah. You know, because who am I to have this? Who am I to believe this? It's who like we I? like float around it. Mm-hmm. I feel like and we might like sort of land there for a moment, but then we're like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's not the time. I was I wanted so badly to be a full time artist, a full time Mm -hmm. creative person, but I never committed until this past year. Yeah, I never committed to it. We were just talking about this because we were talking about this planning the international travel and stuff. I, for as long as I can remember, wanted to be the person that could travel all the time whenever she wanted, make money while she was on the road, work in like new weird places. And I mean, I was like, ferociously researching this stuff in college and 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 talking about it and and I always I was dreaming and dreaming and dreaming and I was doing all the research and I was trying to land on well how is it the way that I'm going to do it and I never would freaking land on the decision to just mm. fucking do it mm-hmm. <laughs> um until now and now I'm like traveling once a month and working in fun airbnbs with fucking crazy views and <laughs> and 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 working and playing and making money and 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 doing cool experiences all intertwined in like one day and it's like that that was a decision finally i danced around that decision for a fucking decade if mm-hmm. i would have decided it a decade ago who knows I'm not going to reminisce on where i could be now but i'm just saying like the power of a decision and committing to that decision cuz there's been a lot of times i think we could both agree that we're like what the fuck am i doing Mm-hmm. Who do I think I am? Mm-hmm. But pushing through that resistance and saying, no, I am that person. I am that person. I'm committed to being that person, even if I don't feel like that person right now. That's really the magic of deciding is, first of all, knowing that if you feel a little fraudulent in it, mm-hmm. you're doing it right. You're on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> like you're... It, it takes some inner work and a lot of repetition to fully believe and step into certain new identities and certain new decisions and certain new commitments. It's going to feel strange. We're noticing that coming up, not surprisingly, in ourselves as we jump to mm-hmm. the next level in our quantum goddess girls as they yep. begin their leap. Like It's extremely normal to rewrite a new life for yourself and feel like you're in the wrong movie or like in the wrong yeah to feel like uh an imposter or Mm -hmm. a fish out of water or like um you know like the truman show like everyone else is sort of 
in on in on this and like you're sort of the outsider mm-hmm. um, that doesn't know what the fuck is going on or, or you think that that other person over there is not experiencing the same feeling mm-hmm. we all have growing pains but we can't get where we want unless we decide that something's going to be different for us mm-hmm. it it will not happen because i did 10 years i think you probably did 10 years of wishing and daydreaming dancing around dancing around it it. (laughs) and we we said this in a live call last week like there is nothing extraordinarily special Mm -mm. about the two of us other than the fact that we made a very clear decision and followed the heck through with it mm-hmm. and that's that's the magic and giving we, yourself permission to do that we still are going through the process of deci- you know like the power mm-hmm. of commitment deciding new things like it's sort of a forever thing once you push yourself outside of your comfort zone you're gonna continue to to stretch and stretch and stretch it's like it it's part of the process it's it's freaking life you're always it, it's like it's good to always be nudging yourself beyond where you think your limits are mm-hmm. um and i was as i mentioned when i fly I listen to my audiobooks and i was re-listening to parts of atomic habits which i brought up before and i thought this was such an interesting and good point and it kind of ma- gave me an aha moment but he said something along the lines of um and you know i wouldn't necessarily use these words but i'll explain what he meant that the most successful people are okay with being bored and what he meant by that was that the commitment to what you want to create and the repetition it takes Mm. so like a very obvious thing is think about like professional athletes the most Uh. successful think about a a basketball think about Shaq okay maybe he he's standing at that free throw line and he has taken thousands of shots from that free throw line to perfect that shot and then he's taken thousands of shots from the three-pointer line to perfect that shot to become successful to become good at something you have to be okay with sometimes it's a little tedious sometimes it's a little boring sometimes it's a little Mm -hmm. and i and i I was bringing this point back and trying to think about how it related to me and the way and this is the power of commitment it's like when maybe you're first opening up to like your journey as a witch and you're working spells and things aren't manifesting and maybe that's frustrating but you can't expect the first time you do a spell and maybe you know exactly how it should be it takes practice Mm -hmm. to get into the energy and before you know it hopefully not thousands of times later but you can get into the energy like that and then your spells start manifesting really, really quickly. So I thought that was such an interesting point. Like I'm sure when you were like learning the piano, you had to play some of those songs and some of those exercises over and over and over again. You had to be okay with being a little bored, the -hmm. repetition, um, to become an incredible musician. Well, it's so so related to what you're talking about because you do have to repeat these things. Like I started last night, I, I had my journal, um, my journal that Anna Lynn sent us. And <laughs> I was with the pink pen that Anna Lynn sent, writing <laughs> out these I am, I am, I am. And mm-hmm. I was remembering writing them at a time when none of it was true. Mm-hmm. And it felt funky. And now I write them and mm-hmm. half of them, which at one time felt, you know, really out there, mm-hmm. are 
accurate to my life. Yep. And then I'm having the funky feelings with the with the, the second half. Yeah. And I know that in six months they'll flip flop and then there'll be new ones. So right. It is that repetition. It is that I've decided. I've committed. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Like more things sort of in our realm it's like yeah it might be kind of um tedious to write like three pages of morning pages every morning it might get a little tedious to be committed to like meditating every day or whatever like your rituals the way you bring magic into your life sometimes it gets a little tedious but that that's the work that makes the difference like the quantum leaps happen in the everyday and like Mm -hmm. a lot of the mundane stuff you know the decision to reach out to somebody is the life-changing moment but the little stuff that you've been doing writing the affirmations doing the visualizing that gave you sort of the intuitive nudge and the confidence to reach out to that person Mm -hmm. all of that work led to that thing and it that is what's going to quantum leap you so if you're if you're new to this work or maybe you've been at it for a while and you feel I, I just remember like like the first program I took like learning about manifestation and everyone's writing in the uh, the Facebook group like oh my gosh like all this instant stuff manifesting for oh them. yes receiving checks in the mail as if by magic all this stuff and I was like why the fuck is none of this happening to me hmm. is this real am I bad at it and they were probably people who had been practicing some of this stuff for a while and then once they took that program it all clicked in for them and but these were all brand new concepts to me Uh and then before you know it six months later a year later magical shit like that is happening to me so Mm -hmm. it's like you have to stick to the, the practices and the rituals and the and 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 getting in the energy of of what you desire and I I just thought that was and I don't like the word bored but it's kind of true like repetition can get a little tedious Mm -hmm. but it is where the magic happens I I just think it's really special too when you decide on something and I'm such a go-getter obviously that's like my specialty but so many of the things like it all leads to something and so Mm -hmm. many magical things that have happened in my life and that are happening in our partnership it's like i could be go getting and go getting and go getting and sometimes that's where the thing comes Mm -hmm. from and sometimes the thing will find us because we made the decision and people can they can read it even if somebody's like oh i can't read energy everybody is reading energy all All the the time. time Because we decided that this is our rate for a certain type of event mm-hmm. or because we decided that we're going to sell out a retreat or because because we are in the energy of this is what this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No one has ever questioned nope. what we charge for anything or just I mean, that's a very like simple example, but just the it's people are reading energy. Mm-hmm. They're like, great. All right. Your checks in the mail. Like it's. I also was thinking about how, like, you've said so many times, like, I've sent hundreds of DMs and sent hundreds of emails, and hey, maybe five of them were life-changing, mm-hmm. but you you re- repeated the process again and again because you yeah. trusted the process and you knew it would bring what you desired to you. Well, I just feel like if you knock on enough doors, the right mm-hmm. one's going to open. And I was thinking about, like, you know, we're working with the quantum goddess 
babes who are doing all these different projects. And, you know, at the beginning of our businesses and like my experience, I was like, I was making up all sorts of different kinds of offers. I was playing with all sorts of different I didn't even really understand the concept of branding, but I was just throwing stuff at the wall Mm -hmm. and trying and trying and trying different things. And that's what you have to do because you don't know what the perfect offer is until you try some that crickets and you don't get anything or maybe they do sell, but you don't like doing it. And you learn that in the process. Like you have to put your energy out there. If you want to be an artist, you got to make the art and you don't have to share Mm -hmm. all of the art, but you have to keep writing the songs or, or or painting the paintings or until you the, the the repetition you find your groove and you find your voice and you find your energy and then before you know it you you're ecstatic to put this stuff out into the world so it's like you just got to start doing when we talk about deciding and committing and getting over this grip of of um what if i make the wrong choice mm-hmm. another thing that comes up is what if it's not perfect like yeah. you're saying If you look back through my music uh, discography, (laughs) let's call it, I've sung on rap songs in the chorus. I've done EDM. I've done pop and folk and weird, eerie stuff. And like just I have been all over the map and I don't care because I'm really proud that I just tried everything Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying things and there's no perfect way to create or share, but I know that when I get a good song, I'll see it reflected in the streams, I'll hear from people about it and like that's a fun feeling to chase, but you can't, you can't get there if you're, if you're in indecision or Mm -hmm. if you're in perfectionism. Perfection does not exist. No. It is. I mean, it exists in Boo. Well, besides Boo, that's true. <laughs> well, she's not perfect. She really stinks. Oh, yeah. She's Other a little that. stinky. Other than her stinky, So, yeah, it doesn't exist. Cat. Nothing's perfect. Not even Boo is perfect, you guys. Uh, <laughs> but it really doesn't. So, it's just this incredible waste of energy that we chase after. And, and I think I said this in The Quantum Goddess, but perfection comes from a shit ton of imperfect messy tries <laughs> that's right. the, clo- the closest you're gonna get to perfection is taking a lot of imperfect action until you find it you can't sit there and speculate and contemplate and think per- perfection into existence yeah. like when you first sang a song was it perfect? No, you probably were all over the place. No, and it's still imperfect, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Like, like I'm still happy to do it. And because I decided I'm a songwriter, I'm a composer, I'm a singer, mm-hmm. and my voice has a very particular range that it goes to. And by particular, I mean narrow. <laughs> and it's fine. I work with what I got. So I'm just, you know, nothing breaks my heart more then when people are like, oh yeah, I am thinking about maybe, I'm like wishing to maybe be an mm-hmm. artist, but like it's a bad time and I never, it's too late. And and there's like this artist in them that's like shaking the walls down mm-hmm. saying, let me out. So part of deciding and committing is like honoring these little pieces of truth inside of you that are, are bugging you for a reason. They're bugging you for a reason. Like, yeah. 
they're not bugging you so that you'll get humiliated in front of your family and friends. They're bugging you because there's something in you that would like to be let out. And I believe in our lifetime that that is our job, one of our, you know, aside from just, you know, knowing love and sharing love and all these things, to just truly express what it is we came here to express. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, like, it's like that sad quote, don't die with your music inside of you. Mm. And I'd rather, I always tell new songwriters, and they're like, what do I do? I'm like, write a bunch of terrible songs. Just keep writing songs. <laughs> Let them be really bad. You will eventually land on a really good one. Mm -hmm. But when you decide to be a songwriter, when you decide to be a full-time creative, when you decide to be a business owner, you have to be willing to make mistakes and learn and take action. That's, a whole, that's all part of it. It doesn't just, you know, you don't just wake up one day and... There no, it you're is. Not gonna, you're not going <laughs> to think yourself into whatever it is that you desire. You have to decide that you are that thing already, mm -hmm. that someone, that identity, um, the kind of person that has that thing. And then you have to start figuring out how to get it. And it might not be perfect. Guys, we were hot messes on our way here. We're going to continue to make messy actions. And, you know, we decide to do something and then like within a week, it's already in action. And it's certainly not perfect. Like not all of our systems are perfectly streamlined. They're getting there little by little. Mm -hmm. um, but we weren't going to we weren't going to wait until, I don't know, we had like the perfect website and the perfect you know, we couldn't build an audience without just sort of messily, imperfectly, like, putting my episodes out there. We didn't know what, what we were doing. And and if you've been with us since the beginning, like, you can see the gradual um, evolution of us into the place we are now. Like, even, like, look at this, a recent development. We have this beautiful background if you're watching the video. Stunning. Um, so, little by little, we've gotten closer to, like, what quote-unquote perfection in our version of a podcast could be mm -hmm. um scroll I, I don't really want you to but scroll <laughs> back to the beginning of my instagram and you'll see a very different person in a very different business um but gradually by taking lots of imperfect action and not really knowing what i wanted and not really being totally connected to who i was yet but i knew i wanted a business so i started doing things imperfectly and then now i'm where i am today and next year my business might even look different uh, because i'm growing and changing and so it's just about deciding whatever it is you want to decide for us it's being entrepreneurs and podcasters and making money however we want to make money and not having to go to a job and being able to travel and all of those things and building a beautiful community. It's about deciding you're the kind of person that can have that thing and then figuring it out all along the way. Like it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It can happen really fast. We did all this really fast, but mm -hmm. you know, like we've said before, if we gave up on month three because we didn't have a thousand streams per episode then we would be missing out on a lot right now so we, st we still don't have a thousand streams well sometimes we get close sometimes. but we still don't have that number but i'd also have to say you don't need a giant audience to have the no. crazy success that you dream about because our audiences are very modest sizes and we have more success than I thought would have been possible in this amount of time. I know, and I never fully believed that. I was like, oh no, the people with X amount of followers are obviously, their income is um, comparable to that. Mm -hmm. 
or relative to that, not always. <laughs> no, we've learned not that always. people with a lot bigger audience, audiences than us don't make any money from their podcasts. So it's like we decided that we were people that didn't need to follow the rules of audience sizes or whatever. Yeah. And we could still make a living how we wanted to. And we figured it out. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I also want to say that when you decide something, there will be people in your life, if you choose to share some of these things, who look at you like you've gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Mm -hmm. For instance, <laughs> I was on a call with my very sweet, wonderful accountant this week. <laughs> and she was telling me, here are the quarterly payments I need to make starting next month and all these things. And I said, well, what if I earn X amount this year? Like, do I have to? And I said a really big number compared to what I'm making at this moment. And she just sort of laughed. And in this little voice in my head was like, oh, she has no idea. She has no <laughs> idea yet. She doesn't know that I'm a millionaire in my heart. Yeah. She'll find out on paper soon enough. Right. As so as will I. <laughs> Because I decided, I just, we decided, we decided that and it felt kind of funky for a while. And now I'm just like, oh no, like that is the reality mm -hmm. that we are living in. And the universe is going to catch up and we are going to get these nudges of inspired action along the way. But it was just, I, I was like, oh, she's laughing at me for saying, what if I make, you know, this certain amount this year? <laughs> and I thought, oh, I cannot wait to surprise her. <laughs> People will... They know you for who you are up until this moment. And you're the one who gets to decide who the next version of you is going to be. So just know that if that happens, don't be discouraged. It's just like, oh, that's funny. They don't see it yet. But yeah. they don't have to. You, you are the one who has to see it and believe it. And then everybody else's eyes will open and see it too. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've really, um, really come to learn in doing, in doing this with you this past year plus mm -hmm. yeah the power of decision don't underestimate it and just think of like like I said in the beginning like think back to like all of those small maybe they seemed like meaningless decisions at the time like mm -hmm. <clears throat> even like the decisions that like led you to finding this podcast and then however this podcast has like affected your life like Maybe the decision to press follow didn't seem like a life-changing decision, but now you're in your Patreon and you have a bunch of best friends and you're doing our programs mm -hmm. and you're starting a business and all this stuff. Like, uh, the smallest decisions can be, you never know. So always, and it's not to like put pressure on small decisions, but it's to find the magic in the small decisions and, and, and feel the energy of the exciting possibilities. And, and it really makes it easy to tune into your intuition to sort of view decisions as exciting like that. And again, to have the divine confidence to say, I never make a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Because there is a coach named Katrina Ruth, and she, I listened to one of her things, and she was talking about, she just had such an energy of like, oh, no, I always make the right choice. Mm -hmm. And she said, even if I decide to do construction on my house and the roof caves in, like there were probably... Um, Maybe there was mold in the ceiling or maybe there were diamonds up there. Like it, she just has this this firm belief that like, oh, no, like I'm I always make the right choice. And I was like, oh, I'm embodying that 
immediately. Yeah. That's something I talk about in Activate Your Magic with um, the the clients I had there was like, what if you just chose to believe that there was no such thing as failure? Like, how would life open up for you? Because if mm. you try something and you fail, quote, fail, you probably either just like we're like oh that thing wasn't for me i'm glad i found out though i don't have to think about it anymore or there's some sort of lesson or like i like to think like gosh if i try something and it doesn't work out and i feel like i failed well i'm glad i failed when you know my business is this size or my audience is this size and not when everything is so much bigger and it would have felt like a a massive failure like i learned the lesson now or, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is so just deciding deciding there's no such thing as failure there's no such thing as a wrong decision deciding that you always make right decisions and that you are always on the path for your greatest good deciding that the universe is working in your favor deciding that you get to have be do anything like these are all decisions (laughs) yeah now of course this goes without saying if you're deciding to break into a house commit a crime that is the wrong decision (laughs) heartfelt decisions (laughs) are for your highest good of course use your discretion but you know what we mean mm-hmm. um there yeah there's no such thing as failure I, I believe that with my whole heart there's no such thing as perfection so i might as well be imperfect and messy and go out there and do my thing anyways i love that let's pick a card from the bra, 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 bra. intuitive magic oracle deck have you seen this thing it's magical goddess hangs podcast presents intuitive magic oracle deck by sadie olson and juliet piper <gasps> via canva via canva it's not on the box but it will be the next time we print it because <laughs> that's what they said I think to the do top two cards are the yeah. Look at this. You get an instruction card. So if you've never done oracle card readings, look at this. One page. Bada bing, bada boom. You'll learn how to do it. And then a really cute card that you could put this on your fridge. There we are. It says, <laughs> let the magic begin. And there's a photo of us. All right. What is a card that we need a message about committing and deciding mm-hmm. deciding need to hear and committing today. I remember that thing in friends where where Joey's like giving and receiving receiving and give like when he was writing the vows for oh Monica and Chandler <laughs> it was just nothing but <laughs> that over and over and Chandler's like stop it oh okay what's this one focus Mm. keep your unwavering focus set on your desires and you will make your mark power of commitment focus and commit and decide i love that and it's this beautiful little potion bottle with a mountain and a moon and stars within Ah, designed by sadie via canva via canva (laughs) shout out these are the best oracle cards ever um we've said it and we've heard it echoed back to us they're so smooth and slippery they're very (laughs) fun to shuffle shuffle. and they're really straightforward so if you're still sort of working on tuning into your intuition we got you babe there is no mystery to these cards we have a beautiful uh affirmation and message written on each card written by juliet oh thank you the symbolism is by me on there and it's just very straightforward and easy to tune into your intuition and what that can mean for you so as always link in the show notes i also want to show you my cute (gasps) witch hat oh i thought we were trying to lean lean over (laughs) witch Witch hat. hat if you're not 
watching the video. I'm holding my beautiful, uh, well-worn, <laughs> I wear almost every single day, pink with purple embroidery uh, dad baseball cap. Uh, mine is pink with purple embroidery. It says goddess hangs on the back. It's so, so cute. Juliet has a white one with pink embroidery that says goddess. goddess. Um, and you can also get them in black. So pink, white, and black. And we also have dad hat, or sorry, bucket hats We now. have bucket hats. We have stickers, special mm -hmm. goddess hangs stickers. You can get a pack plus an autographed little postcard from us for $11.11 .11 includes shipping. The stickers, I so we made one that says divinely delusional. Yes. We made one that says magic is real, dot, 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 obviously. obviously. And then what's the other one? My besties are witches. My besties are witches. And there's three little black cats on it. So it's like Boo is with you always. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have lots of fun merch. We have our intuitive magic oracle. I was going to say Jessica. Juliet's Creatrix U is launching now. <laughs> I'm having such a hard time. First, I couldn't think of the word Creatrix, and now I want to call you Jessica. Jessica's Creation U. <laughs> Creation what school no um <laughs> jessica's creation school my brain is not working today uh i always Juliet, juliet's creatrix you is launching now activate your magic is launching now <laughs> we're just jessica simpson's creation you <laughs> Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram <laughs> at Goddess Things. I'm at I'm Sadie Olson. I'm at Jessica.piper. No, I'm at Juliet.piper. <laughs> we need to go eat some food. Yes, We're getting loopy. I'm hungry. Boo is just so she's gonna be very sad when I have her move. Oh boo boo. We love you so much. We'll see you in our Patreon community and make powerful decisions. You can do it and commit, commit to that shit. Commit and decide. Commit to that shit. Bye. Bye.